Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I think the most I've ever spent was like maybe was maybe one fifty. It's a decent amount. It's Wes. And how much was the transaction that you had to pay her when the date was over? Wow, that's wow. an amazing insult. And Walker. It just makes me feel good. I can't get a woman out of the bed, but I can get my co-host or that's my right. show host out of the bed. That's I think right. you can get a woman in the bed, Fiddy. It's not about getting them out right now. Shut the hell up. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. <laughs> Definite inside joke. Oh yeah, that's too that's too much. Fitty knows this is a booty mover. <laughs> is it an all-time booty mover, Fitty? You know, let me let me think about it. Okay. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And Scrolling thinking, and thinking. Yeah. Stop all time booty mover. I mean, look, I mean, you answered for me because I had a brain fart. Yes, all time booty mover, but I can't move. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, you're you're still recuperating from Saturday night's win when North Carolina took down the South Carolina Gamecocks. We'll get to some more college football storylines a little bit later on. But something a little worrisome brewing right now with the Carolina Panthers, and it didn't seem to be that case at the beginning of these negotiations. Wes Brian Burns. Ongoing contract negotiations. We knew about this all offseason long, but Brian wasn't missing any time like a Nick Bosa or a Chris Jones. Two guys maybe at the top of their positions. Chris Jones, the only one you would argue is Aaron Donald. Really, the only question there is, has the baton been passed from Donald to Chris Jones? But he wants to be paid like the top defensive tackle in the league. Nick Bosa wants to be paid like the top edge rusher in the league, and he's got more than a good case for that. Brian Burns might not be the best edge rusher in the NFL, but he's really important to this team, and he's very good, and now he wants to get paid maybe possibly like a top five edge rusher. That's the only thing that we can take from him missing what is a second straight scheduled practice. He missed this on Monday, and now there are no guarantees that he's going to see the field against the Atlanta Falcons. Frank Reich was asked about this, and he called Burns choosing not to practice, quote, a personal matter. Now, Wes, we talked about this on Thursday when he said that before the three-day break, and I didn't think that it was contract-related. Maybe that was naive, but we just hadn't seen anything from Brian Burns to suggest that missed time was due to the contract negotiations, and they kept calling it a personal matter. But then, Reich, head coach of the Panthers, was asked what changed between then and Wednesday, and he said, well, I'm not involved in the contract negotiations at all. I have zero input. And so now, with this being an ongoing matter, Brian Burns possibly want to apply pressure on Carolina. I think this is something where maybe he wanted to stay in shape, not get fined, continue to practice with his team in training camp, all the practices leading up to game week. 
And then maybe when the real pressure is applied, having him out there where there's a real difference, okay, so he can practice and all that. But now, going out there on game day, if you don't have him, then who are you going to turn to? Justin Houston for half the snaps and then uh, Marquise Haynes if he's not out there, YGM, Amari Barno, time to really step up. Young Buck, <laughs> continue to do what you've been doing in the preseason, except now we need it at a higher volume. What do you make of this Brian Burns situation? Yeah, I knew that when they said it's a personal matter, yeah, the personal matter is he wants some more Skrilla. Okay, that's the name of the game here. And cash, <laughs> Nick Bosa, 49ers, shame on you. You don't have this deal done yet. And I've been sitting there wondering to myself, I'm like, you guys knew this was coming. I don't understand what the holdup is. And so I knew for Brian Burns, he came to camp in good faith. But at the end of the day, his agents and Brian Burns, they're waiting for him to get it. Because as I said, Brian Burns has all of the leverage here. So whatever number Nick Bosa gets, Brian Burns won't get the same one. But he's going to get something in the ballpark. And so they're waiting to see what that number is going to be. Hopefully, Nick Bosa, they said uh, an extension is on the table for him. Hopefully, he takes that and comes in and gets ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if that doesn't happen, his situation is a domino, and it's going to affect Brian Burns. Brian Burns does not want to go out there and play a regular season football game, risk injury, and then really mess himself up and give the team any more leverage because let's just say, you know, he has something I'm not going to get into specifics, but let's just say he has a really bad injury. And then the team can come back and say, well, you know, we don't know if we want to pay you anything close to that because you just got this. We don't know if you're going to recover. And he has to wait. So he's doing exactly what he should do. I mean, it was kind of in reverse as far as, you know, with him coming into camp. And then waiting until the season gets close and saying, oh, my deal's not done. Now I'm going to sit down. But this is a real thing. And the longer Nick Bosa's contract deal goes, then the longer Brian Burns' situation is going to play out. And it's going to hurt the Panthers because that pass rush, man, they need him. Well, you talked about the process. That's what's so weird about this. And I don't I, I guess I don't have every example of a player holding out during negotiations in the last 10 years or so. But you would think when you go back to other holdouts, they're holding out of camp. They're not practicing with the right. team. <laughs> and they're not waiting. I mean, I guess there are some situations where they'll get to game week and then maybe hold out. But there wasn't as much hoopla around the topic. But Brian Burns is saying, oh, yeah, my team needs me here. You know, he's saying, oh, I, I can't miss any time. Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, when they're asked about it, you know, it just goes to show the type of guy he is. <laughs> he's going to be here. He wants to put in the work. You know, they just don't make him like that. He's different. This is the type of guy that he is. And now here we are game week. And I, you have to wonder what Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer are thinking now. Frank Reich did talk about what he thinks of Brian Burns at this point. He said, no, his view of the top edge rusher has not changed. You know, my view of Brian Burns doesn't diminish at all. You know, I mean, we understand there's a business side to this, you know, to this, to this thing we do. And uh, I still respect and admire the way he's handled himself. And, um, you know, so... I, I have nothing but the highest regard for Brian Burns. Nor should his view change, by the way. Not at all. Nor should it. So it's the right <laughs> answer here. But I don't know if they saw this coming, Scott Fitter or Frank Reich. And tell me if I'm chirping, Wes, because I, it, it is different. It, if you were to expect Brian Burns to miss game one, 
than you were to expect him to miss the worst part of the offseason, right? You, you know how many people don't like training camp. There are a lot. Justin Houston comes in really after or in the very late stages of training camp. But maybe, you know, Brian Burns has to stay in shape somehow. So I wonder if Brian is just looking at it. All right. Well, this might be dumb to continue to be fined. I got to stay in shape anyway. Might as well be held accountable. I'll go down to Spartanburg, whatever. It's easier to do it with everybody else around you. Not to say that he couldn't do it by himself, but maybe this is the idea. And since these guys, agents, representatives, Brian Burns and the Panthers are reportedly still pretty far apart on negotiations. It's like, all right, well, now it's game week. I put him off season work. I was with y'all. Y'all saw it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in shape. Give me my money. But the real value is when I miss games. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's still going to be missing some money if he skips these games. But now the real value is, oh, man, now it's Justin Houston, YGM. This pass rush unit goes dramatically down without him out Mark there against Haynes Atlanta. IR. This is going to be fascinating to see before we get to Sunday and they open up the season against the Falcons. Yeah, the wildest holdout I can remember, especially when a player was trying to prove to a team their worth. I always think about Emmitt Smith. Back in the day, when they came off of the Super Bowl, they didn't get his deal done. He set out, missed the first couple of games. Charles Haley was putting a helmet through the wall because he was upset they were losing <laughs> and said, you better go sign Emmitt Smith back. He comes back. They win the Super Bowl. Not to say that's what Brian Burns and the impact that he will have, but I'm telling you now, Desmond Ritter, because now if you're the Atlanta Falcons, up front, I'm going to worry about Derek Brown, I'm going to worry about Luvu, and I'm going to worry about Justin Houston. But as far as just blocking assignments, well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Derek Brown and Justin Houston are on the same side. I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of that side of the defense. And then, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from Justin Houston yet. This is a guy that had a half a sack in his last nine games. I know different people have said, well, you know, teams were up and running the ball and he didn't have the opportunities, but the end of the at the end of the day, he only had a half a sack in his last nine games. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. If you're not able to get passwords, this is a team that was tied for 25th last year in team sacks with 35. Brian Burns accounted for 12 of those, and we know that he helps other people eat because he yeah. gets attention. So, man, if you come out and Desmond Ritter's just back there having himself a day and he's not worried about anything and he's just throwing the ball and calling mom and calling the girl and pointing up at people before he starts throwing. Remember the Fresh Prince episode when uh, Will was playing basketball and he was getting kisses from the cheerleaders yeah. and pointing to the crowd, dribbling up the court? That could be uh, Desmond Ritter and Derek Carr in the first couple of games. And I think after Carolina sees that, especially Ejero Evero, he's going to walk up to that office and say y'all better get zero back on this field right now well look at a strength of atlanta's offense it's the line it chris lindstrom sure. might be the best guard in football right now from top to bottom left to right however you want to slice it that offensive line is as good as a lot of offensive lines in the nfl and so now when your strength is pass protection run blocking and a carolina weakness is pass rushing man all you got to do is if we're talking about one of the best guards in the NFL and Chris Lindstrom and you're discussing, all right, well, we think you can man up against Derek Brown, but either way, we'll just put another guy on and help you out a little bit because mm -hmm. we don't, we're not worried about anybody else. Think about Bijan Robinson in that backfield fresh as can possibly be. 
you're discussing Desmond Ritter, who the 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 way that you allow him to get going is by not putting any pressure in his face. No doubt about it. So even if you know if it was Derek Carr. I would be a lot more worried, right? If there's another QB, Desmond Ritter, yeah. I think the way to allow him to beat you is if you give him time, which is certainly something that is possible if Brian Burns doesn't suit up. And just with the value, man, he's going to be looking for $28 million because that's what T.J. Watt is leading the league at right now. Highest paid edge rusher in the league, $28 mil per year. Nick Bosa, he's going to get uh, thirty-four. Yeah, I was about to say that burns down, but I think you need to put a three in front of that. <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I get why Caroline is doing this. I, I don't, you know, if Brian isn't budging, fine. But I get why Caroline is doing it a little bit, but you're right about the leverage being with Brian. Really quick, just to play the advocate as we go to break. What if Carolina wins their first two games or go one and one and the defense gets three to five sacks in each of those games? Do you think that hurts Brian's case? A little bit. I mean, because that that's what you're hoping if you're Brian. I'm gonna it's weird because what what you're doing is you're kind of hoping that they realize your need. Well, in that, baked into that, is them not performing well. Mm-hmm. And so now this is always the weird part about negotiations, is because the team is saying, Yeah, you're actually not that valuable. I don't well, know. You're not that yeah, good. You, you thought Brian you Burns, were. Brian Burns is like, well, I love my guys. This is going to be a great defensive line. We're going to, you know, outperform expectations. Without me, they're not that good. <laughs> it's like it's like nobody wants to say the quiet part out loud, but in reality, Brian's like, hey, y'all need me. These other dudes, scrubs except for Houston, and he was not a scrub back in 2015. That's what his heyday was. So, yeah, it's going to be very weird to see how all this unfolds, but we all understand it's a business. And now it seems like Brian is exercising that part of the business, holding out instead of suiting up and playing and not providing any more pressure on the Carolina Panthers front office. While, you know, if, if he were to play, then who knows? Like It's just like, all right, well, we don't feel as much pressure. But if he doesn't and Atlanta wins... It becomes becomes pretty dicey as the season goes on. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show...
finish. And, and it was routine stuff. I mean, the basics. Come on, man. The basics, the fundamentals, you know, ball handling. Uh, just some basic, basic stuff. Not jumping offside on first and goal from the one. Uh, you know, basic stuff. And, you know, that's that's... It's just, it's a, again, it's the weirdest game I've ever been a part of. I mean, I've been beat. I've had my butt kicked many times in my career, but I, I, I can't, I can honestly say I haven't, I, that's, that's one of the strangest games I've ever been a part of. Are you ready to be part of history? Oh, man, Dabo Sweeney last night trying to figure out uh, how they self-destructed so many times inside the five, how their kicking game was such a mess, how they made so many mistakes last night. At one point in his presser last night, after Duke beats him down 28-7, to Dabo says, I wish, kind of wish. just gave me the tingles. He says, I kind of wish we just would have got stoned out there all night. Now, he didn't mean a little error. Maybe he did. But what he meant was, I almost wish that they just beat us down and we like didn't do anything on offense. We did not make the mistakes. But the point, Bone, and both of us have made this point. If you're going to analyze this game, because I, I, I wonder if, if, if Clemson fans are going to show up today. I wonder if they're going to say, well, we just beat ourselves. Because I said it last night. You said it this morning. Like... It has to be said that Duke wasn't exactly at their crispest self either. You know what I mean? There were a fair amount of mistakes that Duke made in this game, too. One of the biggest reasons Mike Elko turned around the team in one year from where they were giving up 40 points a game the last year under Cutcliffe, the amount of... They they went... One of the, the staples under Cutcliffe for a while when they were good was they didn't beat themselves with penalties, with turnovers. And by the end of David Cutcliffe, that's all they were doing. How many horrendous turnovers did they have or just defensive lapses or horrible penalties? Mike Elko cleaned that up in year one, but last night, Calhoun muffs the punt. They have an uncharacteristic turnover while they're driving. They made plays last night that they didn't really make a year ago when they got nine wins. That punt to me, I thought, was going to be the turning point. I said, oh, no, they've... They've been in control Giving here. Clemson life and Calhoun, confidence. Calhoun's sure-handed and pretty mistake-free. For him to mess that up, I thought, oh, man, that's the momentum switch that Clemson was looking for. But every time last night you felt that Clemson was going to grab a hold of stuff, they would almost have their own self-inflicted wounds also. So they, they never really took full advantage of those. Last Most night. of them usually inside the Duke 5. I mean, that was just ridiculous, man. It really was. It was absurd the way that they would get down inside the 5 three times. In a 12-minute span in the second half and didn't get a point out of it. They missed B.T. Potter dearly already. Um, those two block kicks, Dabo basically blamed on the young freshman kicker. Said the kicks were low. It wasn't a matter of the blocking. Uh, up front being a problem. Um, Mafa fumbles. Um, you had the Klubnik mesh point mistake with Will Shipley. I thought Clemson dropped a bunch of passes, too. Will Shipley dropped, too. It was so uncharacteristic of him. I, I mean, we're sitting here like... Is, I guess the question is, like, what do we take from that game? I mean, obviously, Duke fans, you should be freaking cranked. That, Like Bone said, that's probably the best win in program history. Like, you should go off. You should taunt Clemson fans. Like, all that should happen today. But then big picture this year, Bone, Duke's schedule's so tough. But it's like, if they can do that, if they clean the mistakes up, they're capable of some great things. And I then think, for Clemson, it's like, I think I think, I think, think America's asking this morning, like, does Clemson stink? I think that's what America's asking. It's a combination <laughs> last night of Clemson still 
not getting back to any level that they were at, not even close to it. And Duke also getting a lot better. So that's what I thought was the perfect storm for Duke to pull something off would be last night. Game one, new OC, Klubnik first year as the starter. If there was ever a time for Duke to do it, it was going to be last night, and they did it. You and I have had similar thoughts about Duke all summer long, that with all that they return, with how good their quarterback play can be with Elko, they might be a better football team than their nine-win team a year ago, but it may not show in the the win total because yeah. when you add Clemson, and they have a three-game stretch end of September into October where it's it's Notre Dame, NC State, Florida State all in a row. You factor in Clemson week one, that's four opponents right there they did not have a year ago. But the fact that Duke already has a win over one of them, now it tells you, okay, now even if they were to cough up, say, two or three of those. They can get right back, Matt, I believe, to that win total or maybe above what they had a year ago. Yeah, they're definitely... They they are. They That was not... If they played that game 10 times last night, this isn't a situation where I think that Clemson wins 9 to 10. Duke looked apart last night in game one against Clemson. Tom Luganville said it on the field level. When you watch them up close, they Duke looked the part of Clemson last That night. defense flies around, man. That Elko defense flies around, and, and, and Riley Leonard is special. You've been saying it all offseason. America now knows who Riley Leonard is. I can't believe Barrett Carter did not make that tackle. I thought he had a rough night tackle. I thought Riley Leonard had juked him another time in the first half. It was just filthy. Wiggins, I don't, I, I don't know how you can't shove him out of bounds there. I, I, I didn't, you know, you got to give credit to Riley Leonard as a runner. He's a game changer. Passing the ball, I didn't think it was great. Uh, his accuracy numbers, seventeen and thirty-three, weren't good, but he did throw the ball away a lot, you know, in the face of adversity. But that running game from Duke, they ran for damn near 200 yards and six and a half yards a carry against a Clemson front bone that does not yield much against the ground. I mean, they ran it at him, man. Two he, long tutties. Here's the thing, too, with what they have, man. A lot of yards after catch last night for, for Duke. Some of that was because of the missed tackles by Clemson. But that's the thing about Leonard's numbers. He doesn't really, it's almost kind of like, I would say, um, Chark is with the Panthers, but there's not that big down-the-field threat necessarily. It's a lot of guys that will catch it and make guys miss. So sometimes the passing yard numbers may not be what it may be for uh, another quarterback that has that down-the-field threat. I actually thought at one point last night, they actually could have ran Leonard a little bit more than they did last night. That's the other thing. They can. He's got more in there that he can do. Last night was more of a balanced effort. He is. He is an exceptional player. When you rank quarterbacks, he's a great athlete. When you rank quarterbacks in the ACC, there's a reason why a lot of people had him third behind Drake May and Jordan Travis. He's saw a great night. athlete. I mean, I, I started uh, calling uh, Brandon Armstrong Tobacco Road Tebow. Does Leonard have to be Tobacco Road Lamar now? Like, what do I have to do? Tobacco <laughs> Road? I don't even know. <laughs> What do I have to back a road, Vic? What do I got to do for Leonard? Because his running was special, and it came in a 21-point win over Clemson. Duke fans, text in, man. Get fired up. That was awesome. There also was something cool as someone that prefers, you know, and I'm not rooting against the teams from South Carolina. Lord knows Clemson Mac <laughs> took it hard yesterday after all my hype of this team this offseason. But, like, there's something cool about seeing the two Blue Blood basketball schools 
do this to the Palmetto State. You know it drives them crazy as much as they love their football and take pride of their football across the border. Now, as far as Clemson goes, you were saying during the break, Bone, you cannot find many Clemson fans. Jeremy from Blackfin has showed up. He may he literally be here by himself right now. He's there. He's always, always there. He's always there. He is. He is. He said it felt like a Friday night game in Syracuse where weird things happen. Uh, this texter says, I'm a Florida State fan, so pardon me if I think we're great and Clemson is butt. That's from a Florida State fan. Do I'm you sorry. Think- can you, can you uh, <laughs> Father, Father, make sure this is recording? Can you just say that one more time, nice and clear for us, Matt? The Florida State fan thinks they're great and Clemson's butt, Boney. That's just that's his breakdown just, of the weekend. I just need Max saying Clemson is butt so bad. <laughs> oh, you're trying to use that. Yeah, you're trying to, I was trying to get a sound effect Do out of that. Do you think Clemson, because I said at the end of last hour, I still am not willing to, as good as Florida State, Carolina, and Duke looked, I'm not willing to say. I was wrong. I was certainly wrong about Florida State, but I'm not willing to say I was wrong about Clemson winning the ACC. I still think Garrett Riley, I think it's going, you know, clearly going to take a little bit of time. I do think Clubnick has ability. I do worry about those receivers a little bit. Their running game looked great. I think their defense will be crisper than that. They'll tackle better. They won't get beat by two wheel routes for 40 something yards. Do you think Clemson can be buried right now? Like, do you think they're just like somebody earlier said Clemson is a three or four loss team? Like, are you going that far? <sighs> well, they got North Carolina at the end. They've got the Gamecocks at the. I can't say the Gamecocks today for that because of what occurred. But they've got they've got Notre Dame. They, they've got at state. They've got Notre Dame. They've got North Carolina. Wake Forest, you know, you know, plays them tougher than they have in the past. And of course, you know, here's the thing. I was talking about the Gamecocks and their loss and why it's bad. Because of what comes up in a couple weeks, it's Georgia, it's Tennessee, it's Mississippi State. There's not a lot of time to rectify those issues. That Florida State game's coming up pretty quick for Clemson. This isn't one that's in November. Is. This isn't end of the year. They got Florida State September 23rd. From what we saw this weekend, from the way FSU played, yeah, it's in Death Valley, but from the way Clemson performed, the way FSU performed, is it is two weeks enough? for Clemson to figure stuff out against Charleston Southern and FAU. Hard to see that right now, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's coming up yet. Quick. It's It'll coming be up. in Death Valley. It's coming up quick, man. That's not that's not way it down is. the line. Not quite as quick as your Gamecocks Georgia games coming up, but it's coming up quick. Yeah, I know. I I just I literally just said that. <laughs> I, I know South. I I understand I, South Carolina what they have coming I up. I have here. to give you. I can't let you just be Duke Bone today. No, it's the complex I, issue. I want everybody to know that is looking for Gamecock Bone right now. Gamecock Kevin also got a shout out. He did text and say he still believes in Beamer, but do you believe in his O lineman? Um, Gamecock Bone will be here at eight o'clock. All right, right now you're getting Duke Flounder. Bone. He's a very fired up individual. At eight o'clock, we will recap Gamecocks and North Carolina. And Gamecock Bone, we will strap yeah. him into the chair. Flounder, do you All see right. what he does, though? Didn't I not start the show by talking Gamecocks? And Matt goes, I would just be Duke Bone today. So then I start talking Duke. He goes, where's Gamecock Bone? It's almost like I can't. It's a very complex issue today because I got kicked in the onion bag after spending a lot of money on Saturday watching the Gamecocks in person really put up a performance I did not see coming. But then Duke gets their biggest win ever. So it's a very complex issue. I am it's a, the convenience of two teams. Uh, well, mm. s- settle down. <laughs> t- settle down, entire region. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
I did have some big wins this weekend. My heels, my devils, baby. My 49ers defense looked oh, great. And trust me, Gamecock Mac would have been here if they would have won the other night. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying, Bone, there's a lot of people looking for Gamecock Bone. I want them to know he will be here at 8 o'clock. He was right, just that's here. all I'm saying. He was just here two segments ago. Well, there are people tuning in, though. Yeah. See you constantly. Want, see you. You ask for Duke Bone. Duke Bone appears like a superhero. Yeah, and all of a sudden you want Gamecock Bone. No, I want I back at eight. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's hard Just to talk. Back at eight. Do you want me to talk about two things at once? No, I want you back I, at I, eight. I uh, right now, uh, Gamecock Bone. We have an update. Is laying on laying in an uptown alley, passed out with a bottle of uh, Granny Pat's moonshine right now. All right, but we're going to pull him together and we will get him in the studio at eight. <laughs> it's not. It's it's a very complex day. I'm I'm, I'm happy. I, I want to cry of happiness, and I want to cry of what happened to the game. I, I just I just flat out want to cry. Another amazing thing too is that Gamecock Flounder has not been seen on Friday. Bone, he was here for a good two three hours of the show. He has disappeared, ladies and gentlemen. He was do eating. you do you owe an apology to Mac Brown, Gene Chizik, the defense, the O line? Do you owe some apologies, Flounder? Do I or do I do I say that it was just the motivation that led them to the victory? <laughs> oh, that was it. There's photos. <laughs> that of, was it. There's a photo that has emerged of Flounder eating hot dogs with the chain gang. <laughs> oh, my God. If y'all haven't heard about this one, Feinbaum ripped Shane Beamer for four straight hours about this yesterday. You will hear a comment from Shane Beamer. And I know he was frustrated, but it just sounds pathetic about the chain crew eating hot dogs. I mean, it just sounds so bad. In fairness, oh my those, God. those BOA hot dogs have gotten legit. They are. <laughs> that is a tasty wiener. And they got them for free. They didn't have to pay Tepper $13 like the common folk do. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know what I just said there, but we'll just. This dude says, where's. Uh, you know, get that off the record. This texter says, enough of Mac harassing Bone and Flounder. Where's Clemson Mac? That dude's a chump. <laughs> that dude's a little upset. He's a little upset that I was so freaking wrong. Now we got Knowles Mac has returned again. <laughs> I'm not giving it up, man. Clemson still could win in Death Valley in a few weeks. Let's see what happens, Bone. See what happens. Why, are you, why, why, are, you, why are you laughing? I'm not when, laughing, baby. You're I'm laughing. Resolute. This is not the guy that was <laughs> screaming. It. Every single guest you asked, you said, what do you think about Florida State Clemson? Uh, that's an L. That's a very serious L. Because even if like Clemson were to beat Florida State, like, the argument for me that Florida State is fraud state, like, I believe I said that at one point. Like, that is the stupidest argument that y'all had to listen to for 60 straight days. Like, you talk about apologies, Flounder. I should apologize to the audience for wasting their time with the fraud state drivel that I was throwing out there for 60 days. My God. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Steve Smith Sr., Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst, is back. And, well, it's his time to shine. College football got last week, and this week it is week one of the NFL season. And for Panthers fans, of course, here in the Charlotte region and around the Carolinas, that means Panthers and Falcons to open the season. In fact, a pair of divisional games to open the season as uh, New Orleans is looming in week two. Let's talk to Steve Smith all about it on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. How are you this week, sir? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Got a chance to uh, watch a whole lot of football this weekend and think a lot about week one. By the way, congr- your Utah Utes, Kyle Whittingham's mm-hmm. got that thing rolling. What a domination. Talk about it. Damn, man. That, they, they look, without Cam rising, to put that Barnes kid on the field Thursday night and go do that, that was impressive. Yeah, that was. It was, it was good. Um, you know, last year, obviously, uh, you know, we got hit with the Anthony Richardson uh, experience, and that's why he was a you know a first round pick. Um, but I think you know we're on, we're on the up and up, and looks good for you know Pac twelve, Big Ten, Big Twelve, whatever, whichever one conference or division you want to call it. But you know we're on our way, and we're not small time anymore. And I think we're helping ourselves. No, you're absolutely right about that. Um, so I've been on the air for about an hour and a half now, and I've had a ton of people knowing that you were coming up said, KB, please ask Steve about Brian Burns. Is this going to get resolved? What does he think? We want to hear his opinion. So let, let me give you the floor. The biggest news out of Panther, the Panthers universe right now is that Brian Burns has missed practice, and that's obviously related to the contract negotiation. What are your thoughts on the situation and a potential resolution? Well, listen, I, I think Brian Burns has done a great job in handling things in a way that, you know, I, I don't think we've ever seen. Like, right, you got guys who are holding in or holding out. He's participated a lot in camp. And I just love the way he's going about it. Now, some people may disagree and some people may have their feelings of, about things. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, everybody gets to do what they want to do and how they want to do it. And I think he's done it in a respectful manner. I would agree. Uh, and you, I know you can't know the future, but you have seen a lot of these instances in your career and over the years. Are you confident that he's there week one on Sunday? Mm, I don't know. I mean, depends on if he, if he gets his contract, right? Because like so many people can sit here and say the what if game, right? And, and I understand and get, right. We get paid a King's ransom. What's the big deal? Just you, you'll get paid, play it out. And guess what, folks? That's not always the case. I mean, there are a number of circumstances, a situation that has shown that a guy is hoping to get paid or a guy who's gotten paid or did not get paid and all of a sudden gets hurt. And now that offer that was on the table is significantly less. And it's an offer to a player who no longer, because of the injury, is the same type of player after the injury. And so, right, you know, we talk about Steve Smith. Remember the Steve Smith for the Giants? Yeah. Remember that contract yeah. and what happened? And, yes, he won a Super Bowl. What's he, he's admitted. 
right? And he said, hey, the one thing about the two Steve Smiths is you can tell the difference between the one who won the Super Bowl, and I give it to him. That's true. However, he was on the precipice of, you know, being a, at that time a top, what, top 15, top 10, some kind of player in payment, and because of injury, it didn't work out. And so there's a number of examples. So you can't guarantee that these guys will play forever. And I think Brian Burns is doing a great job. He's coming to practice. He's doing what it was asked of him and doing it in a, in a respectful manner. And I, and I respect it. I, I remember asking you a question a couple of weeks ago, and it was, I think the way I phrased it was, you know, is it fair to be concerned about the way that the offense for Carolina played against the backups for the Jets? And you made it a point to say, no, no, I wouldn't put it that way, because even though they're the twos, these guys are, are good football players. They're pros, too. That was essentially your point. And for some reason, that jumped back in my head yesterday when I saw the Marquise Haynes news, because Brian Burns is the big headline mm. here. But, yep. but Marquise Haynes going to the IR that's a brutal hit for your depth at that position because he might not be your full service edge rusher defensive end, but he can get after the quarterback. Steve, how, how does that impact the defense in this matchup against Atlanta in particular? Well, I mean, not to be pessimistic, Paul, but this benefits Brian Burns, right? Yeah. This, Hey, you want me to show up? Well, look, look, look at, look, what's the difference between Marquise Haynes and Brian Burns? They both have the possibility of getting injured. And look what's happened to Marquise, uh, Marquise. And look what we're asking Brian Burns to do. Hey, everything will be okay. Tell Marquise back that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's all relative and it's all, you know, perception is reality. But at the end of the day, you got to understand, man, these, these guys want to get paid and, uh, and they want to, they want to know, you know, will they have long-term security? Steve Smith, Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So let's assume best case scenario. Marquise Haynes can't go this weekend, but let's assume Brian Burns gets back. He's on the field. They're otherwise, you know, all healthy and everybody's accounted for. Steve, should we still expect maybe Carolina's defense to have any breaking in period, given that they're running a, a new scheme under a zero Evero? Man, I, I think, in my humble opinion, there's going to be some growth, growing pain. Right, there, there just will be, and people need to expect that because of the head coach who's new, and his staff, and everybody's filling each other out. Let me give you an example. You remember the 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 um, Chicago Bears, how they looked the first half of the season. Well, you got to expect the same thing is going to happen with Carolina a little bit. Is there's going to be some things that it's going to take some time to get over and get past. You got a four, three defense, right? And you are now playing a four, three defense with four, three players with three, four players. And that that's, that's going to be interesting. Let me rephrase that. You're going to be playing three, four defense with four, three players that are converting full time. Right? Not everybody has played in that 
three, four defense. And so you're going to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of wonkiness, a little bit of players who just are figuring it out. And it's going to be at the expense of people that's watching a football game that are going to have to deal with it. All right. So if you're Atlanta, you're Arthur Smith going into this game. You know a lot of these players in Carolina, but you know the scheme's different now. Like, what, what do we expect Atlanta's offense then to look like on Sunday, and how would you attack this Panthers defense if you were Arthur Smith? Well, I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm attacking this defense, right, is I'm going to get them – really, I'm going to just get this team moving, right? I want to see who besides Derrick Brown is going to impact the game, who's going to penetrate on offense. Uh, those are some of the things that I would do. And then offensively, which wide receiver is going to step up and say that, you know, we hear uh, by committee, who's going to step up and actually be the guy. Right? I think I, I do believe that's going to be something that, you know, they want to see. And I think everybody wants to see that. So it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough task. Right. And yeah. I think it's not going to be easy. Atlanta is not a pushover, but I do know Atlanta's going to run the, run this football. I don't care what they say. They're going to run this football because you can't put the ball into into Ritter's hands full-time and expect him to be uh, productive. I think he's going to be a guy who, if he can manage the game, he'll manage it well. But if, you put the, if you're putting the ball in his hands to win it, I'm not sure that's a, that's a smart move. Yeah. On the other side, then, you know, you want to get Bryce off to a good start. You want him comfortable, right? I think that uh, they're comfortable with his level of knowledge, his football IQ and all that. I think they they believe in him, but you got to get him off to a good start, right? You got to get him comfortable. How do you do that if you're Thomas Brown on Sunday afternoon? Well, you got to run the football, right? Get get guys. uh, One way to get anybody uncomfortable is get him off his mark, right? And so if you can keep him on his mark, and allow him to allow Bryce to use his superpower, which is his pocket awareness, his ability to process, his ability uh, to really stay on his mark and never allow the rush to alter his throwing motion and, and to go through his reason, his progression. That's what you, that's the way you can lose against Bryce Young. Bryce Young I don't care about his size. I don't care what you think. Bryce Young can play football, right? That's 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 not a question. The the, the answer is going to be what type of football can he play uh, under duress versus you know not having to deal with anybody being in his face. You know, the most dangerous quarterback is a quarterback not on his back, right? And so that's what I think you, that they're going to have to do. Last thing I'll let you go, and I'm just curious, if you were a GM, I'm not, and I know you aren't either, but we all like to play one sometimes on the radio and TV. Uh, They just got Bryce in here. You know, you never expect a rookie to win a Super Bowl, but you you do want to load up around a rookie and do it as quickly and efficiently as possible while they're on that rookie contract. Uh, They got a little bit of money to spend right now, but they're on track to have a lot of money to spend next offseason. We see a lot of young quarterbacks coming into the NFL now, and these teams, the good ones anyway, are getting them big-time weaponry on the outside. How big a rush would you be in to, let's say, go get a bona fide number one guy or try to go spend some money at the at the wide receiver position? Would you try to do it this season or maybe next offseason and wait until you're flush with cash? Well, it just depends on what kind of offense that you're kind of running, right? Yeah. So a lot of times people are wanting to have the answer 
oh, this is what we should do. This is what we shouldn't do. I mean, ultimately, money or no money, you got to get good players in all positions. And I believe that's what they want. They want good players in all positions. But you can't sacrifice a short-term problem that becomes a long-term issue once, you know, you get into free agency and all that stuff. So I, I, I think you got the players that you have, and I'm not saying you have to deal with them, but you got them for a reason. Allow those guys to do their job and assess it after at the end of the you know, season like everyone else does. But to come in and get a guy sitting on the street, I'll tell you this. If you get a guy that's at home today, he's at home for a reason. And at some point, he's gonna, it's going to rear his ugly head of why he's at home. And you don't want to find that out with a big price tag at the end of the day. Yeah. Steve Smith, you bring it always, man. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Monday. No problem, man. Appreciate it. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.